Welcome to The Coaching Cast, your working from home managers club. Here to check in with you weekly, to share your working highs and lows, remind you that you're not alone, and that there's many of us outside of your current four walls, all trying to be the best coach, leader, and manager we can be. I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting a toddler who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo which suffocates rather than advocates. In this podcast we aim to explore the leadership and coaching techniques required to navigate and survive the current business environment presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. Today's episode is a rather special one featuring a VIP guest. That guest is Martin. My dad, who is kicking off a special feature where we will both be interviewing our dads for their take and experiences on certain topics in their career. In this week's episode, we're talking to Martin about his experiences in creating a coaching culture within the workplace. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into this week's episode, Lisa, uh, how are you? What's been going on? Yeah, so I had uh, an, my interesting first experience of taking a lateral flow test for COVID. Okay. So I ordered my packs from the government's website, you know, doing the right thing. Very and good. I was I was going to see my family down in Kent for the first time in months or whatever. And my mum had said that she would be more comfortable if I did the lateral flow test. Not con- not, not conclusive, but I thought, yeah. yeah, okay, of course I will. I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, um, very sensible. So I took the lateral flow test. Um, that is what it's called, isn't it? It's a lateral flow yeah. test. That's right, yeah. You know, very techie piece of kit. You know, I, I don't think it's going to help us to save the oceans, if I'm being perfectly honest. I've never <laughs> seen so much plastic <laughs> packaging in my life. I totally think we're regressing on our plastic usage um, because of COVID, but I think that's a whole other topic for another day. But anyway, so I did the lateral flow test, and this was the night before I was travelling back. And uh, the result came back, you know, clear. So I don't have COVID currently. So that's good news. And I took a picture of the test result and sent it to my mum. And I got the reply back. Uh, It was, you know, as I was expecting, I thought she'd be pleased. And it was, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you both. Congratulations. Well done. And I was thinking, well, I know she's looking forward to seeing me. Um, And it has been many, many months because of the the lockdown situation yeah and and I'm really pleased that she's this excited but it does feel a little bit over the top and my mum is not particularly I would say that overly expressive when it comes to her opinions or emotions as such in terms of you know she doesn't get she doesn't get really overexcited about things so this response was a little bit bizarre and I was thinking well she's obviously like looking forward to seeing me but then I read the message again and she said, I'm so happy for you both. And I was thinking, well, it's only me coming home. It wasn't, my husband wasn't coming as well. And he hadn't taken the lateral flow test. And I was like, well, what on earth has it got to do with him? I mean, yes, obviously he's happy that I haven't got COVID. As well. <laughs> but then I looked at it again and I thought, oh God. And I realized that actually the lateral flow test looks very similar to a uh, pregnancy test <gasps> no and she had clearly thought that I'd sent her a picture of a positive pregnancy <gasps> test so oh, I was like no. I literally replied to this text message and the, the exchange of this messaging is hilarious it literally I literally replied going mum it's my COVID test <gasps> and her reply was classic she was like oh my god she was like I feel like a right plonker she was like, oh, I'm mortified. And I was like, I said to her, I was like, oh no, I feel like such a disappointment now. I was like, <laughs> let her. No, sorry, mum. It's we're not having a baby. I just don't have COVID at the moment. Um, 
but yeah absolutely bless her hilarious like oh, totally her. hilarious but yeah I, I did feel like a right letdown so I mean she was obviously thrilled that I could come home and visit but she did say she was like oh god I'm so sorry and she said I was at work and I was rushing around and I just looked at your message really quickly oh, bless I was actually like like I would send a pregnancy test result as a <laughs> whatsapp with a thumbs up emoji I mean like <laughs> we're good to go <laughs> I was literally like don't you think I would have phoned you and sort of said I'm pregnant rather than just sent you a picture with a cheeky emoji thumbs up no oh my so, god yeah, that is a bless. brilliant story so yeah that was funny um yeah so that yeah that was my story for this week <laughs> that is honestly a cracker of a story I'm so glad I asked you how your week's been because that's eventful, just eventful yeah. definitely oh bless your mum but everyone look at the lateral flow test you'll see the confusion they do look quite similar to a contraception test like a pregnancy test yeah 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 they do look very similar um I can see where the confusion arose 100 percent um but what a brilliant story oh my goodness me <laughs> yeah well my week's not been as quite as um eventful as that um I my highlight this week is I have finished the reality series Below Deck oh I've never watched one episode of that I just I wanted to quite honestly I found them all so irritating I couldn't watch anymore oh well (laughs) I've watched 15 series of Below Deck it's it's been 10 months in the making and it concluded this week. So anyone who follows us on Instagram will know that I do really like reality TV. Um, it's my escape. It's my kind of like getting out of every day. But Below Deck is next level. I'm absolutely <laughs> obsessed with it. Mainly because we can't go on holiday at the moment. So it's like it's like getting a bit of holiday in yeah. my everyday life. So I like that. Yeah. We're on a massive yacht, which I will never be able to afford to go on. So I literally love like seeing behind the scenes of what a yacht looks like. They're all flipping crazy on the whole that go on there. Uh, yes, and a little bit of staff. And my favourite captains are definitely Captain Sandy and Captain Lee. They're absolute ledgers. Um, and I've, yeah, a bit sad, actually. I'm mourning the fact I've got no more episodes of Below Deck to watch. Oh. So, um, Did it yeah. conclude as you'd hoped? Um, well, it was all a bit rushed when, so the cats, there's two series, there's Mediterranean and Caribbean. Caribbean concluded with COVID, so it kind of concluded quite rapidly. Uh, And Mediterranean, yeah, it was definitely a COVID casualty. And then Mediterranean, um, kind of concluded in a normal way. I think it was like pre-COVID times, um, because I watched the Caribbean series first and then went on to Mediterranean. Anyway, this is really boring, but (laughs) Basically, um, I'm a bit sad because I've got no more below deck to watch. Oh, no. Got to find another reality show to tuck into. I know. There's some new housewives coming out, though, so I think I can get on to... Uh, You're going to survive. Next, You're going to be okay, Casey. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's probably the highlight of my week, actually. But um, I think we should move swiftly on from let's reality on. TV and lateral flow tests. Uh, <laughs> and let's get, let's get cracking with today's episode. Let's do it. As mentioned, our special guest today is my dad, Martin. He has had an impressive 38-year career in the public sector, working across several different agencies, including succumbents to our military forces and to the voluntary sector. He has held a variety of operational, strategic and customer-facing roles, and in latter years gained chartered membership to the CIPD to aid his impact in leadership positions in both HR and L&D. Whilst not a qualified coaching practitioner, Martin has experience of coaching through several different personal and corporate lenses. He's been a coach, he has been a recipient of coaching and helped deliver a major departmental leadership programme which had coaching at its core. In his own words, coaching is when you listen, challenge, support and listen some more so dad welcome to the coaching cast we are both really looking forward to talking to you today especially as you are the coaching cast's number one fan so no pressure for us to do a good job today (laughs) thank you thank you for that introduction it's uh it's brilliant to be here I'm, i'm really looking forward to it the um 
I don't know whether I'm your number one fan or not, but the, po- the podcast has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. It's been really thought-provoking and uh, you should be very proud and pleased with yourselves. That would be the first thing I would say. Oh, um, well, thanks, Martin. You can come on again yeah. <laughs> with that kind oh, of intro. And the other thing is I'm, I'm determined at some point I'm going to get in paradigm shift. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes, brilliant. Yes. Absolutely. For any of our listeners, Paradigm Shift is one of our bullshit bingos from season one. It's probably one of our top bullshit bingos, which Martin absolutely provided for us. Um, So, yeah, let's see if we can get it in the conversation today. I think we should. (laughs) I love it. Love the challenge. So we're focusing our discussion today with you around the subject of creating a coaching culture in the workplace and its importance. So to start off, um, can you give us a brief explanation or description of what a coaching culture means for you in your experience? Mm, yeah, okay. I, I was thinking about this um, this earlier. I came up with quite a lot of different stuff, actually, and it, it sort of reminded me that I think it, it will mean different things to different people, uh, a, a coaching culture. And it'd be interesting to see what your reflections are of what, of what I say. I, I settled on um, sort of three things really but it they they fall out of coaching becoming an in sort of inherent part of everyday work in life so to the extent almost that you don't know that it's going on I think that's that's the ideal that's where you can aspire to get to and there's probably three parts of that for me one is that the organization itself has to recognize that coaching interventions can make a real difference so there's an acceptance organizationally that they can make a real difference the second bit is that both leaders and coaches um sorry leaders and managers coach in their everyday interactions that's a really important piece for me and thirdly i think and probably most importantly is the realization that good coaching is not just about the before improving the performance of an individual, but recognizing that if you can do that, then your business outcomes as an organization will improve as well. Mm-hmm. So, so that you know, it's a in that sense, it's a it's a means to an end. So that for me, that, that's the sort of picture of a of a coaching culture that uh, I I would describe. Uh, as I say, I think there's probably a bit of a spectrum there, and. Um, different people have different perspectives on it um but that's how i would encapsulate it and i i generally be interested in, how, in whether that chimes with, with you know with your your thoughts on it or not yeah i think it's a really good um description of what a coaching culture can be and how it can kind of come to life in an organization um i think that your first point around acceptance is really interesting and in my experience but people really understanding i think what it what a coaching approach can bring in terms of benefits to to like you say both individuals teams and fundamentally performance and also um how you can you know bring it to life and how you can do it on um actually like a really informal low-key scale that then just kind of builds the more you do it and and kind of then um you know I suppose kind of goes again and again and again and, and, and everybody and then suddenly kind of gets it and then wants to start doing it and sees the results. And I think because coaching can be such a intangible thing, like approach, a lot of people don't always necessarily fully understand it and what the benefits are. And until you probably work in a space where it's been exemplified around how it can really have an impact on people. I think the point there about um, conversation is the best starting point. I think sometimes when it comes to these types of um, theories, they stay too much in that theoretical space. Yeah, yeah. And that I think that's where a lot of the time individuals um, struggle with the concept of them, both you know at any level, but especially I think at a leadership level when um, potentially coaching is um, not necessarily a skill set that you've learned or had the opportunity to develop, whether that's, you know, also based on the fact you may not have even experienced it, not in a conscious way anyway. But I think um, you've got to start with supporting a culture of open conversation. Because I think when you're in that space where 
it's about talking to individuals, connecting with them, sharing feedback, like we were talking about in last week's episode, Suze. And you're already creating that foundation for um, open and openness and honesty and transparency, I guess. I think only when you've done that can you then start factoring in coaching um, because you're already having conversations. Yeah. And really, coaching at, in its most simplistic terms um, – is just about having really effective um, value-adding conversations. Yeah. Yes, there's more of an emphasis when you're the one initiating the coaching of listening more, like you know um, you shared in in, your, in Martin's introduction, Susie, um, about what coaching is. Um, yes, if you're going to be the coach, you have to adopt more of a listening role so that you're really absorbing the information and ensuring that you're recognizing what's going on for the person and what's important and not just going straight in with your, mm. your own thoughts and views. But I think actually being in that more kind of proactive space of sharing is, is the right place to start. Cause I think otherwise coaching is too, I think it's like too much of a big step. Yeah. Because if you're not already doing that, yeah. you're not going to coach, I'd highly doubt. Because <laughs> you're already not really spending time with each other and already not sort of talking to each other. And Yeah. You make a really good point there about having that foundation to then kind of build from. And I think if you don't, if you don't have that because you don't have that experience or that awareness, it's hard then to kind of like accept the benefits of it because it's not true and real to you. And I think so, you know, the point that Marty made is there at the start around the importance of that acceptance is is really, really critical. Mm. Yeah. It's about, create, it's about creating the environment to a degree, isn't it? Yeah. About creating the environment for, for it to work. And you can you can you can ask, do we do we introduce coaching in order to create the right environment? Mm. Or does the right environment allow us to do good good coaching? Mm. It's you know, it is, yeah. it is it is chicken and egg a, li- a little bit. Yeah, but no, if you can, totally but, right. but if you can create the right environment. And you get and all the other some of the other things you've talked about in the podcast, you can create the trust, mm. you can create the author, the authentic relationships. Uh, then all of that helps just to to do the to do the coaching conversations. And I think if you get into into the almost informal coaching conversations, if you can get to that point where they work on a day to day basis, mm. they're all, they're almost more beneficial than the more formal coaching interventions. I would call them yeah. uh, that, that, that people. Um, yeah. set up and do yeah, yeah I can I totally agree I don't I think um in one of my previous roles this is quite a long time ago it was actually before I had realized that I had discovered coaching <laughs> and I say it like that because of exactly the point you've just made Martin which is the daily small interventions that actually um I was being supported by little coaching conversations but I didn't realize because yeah no that's what yeah. they were yeah um and that was by um one of uh one one leader in particular who is by far one of the best leaders I've ever had the privilege to work with um back in my energy days um and I remember him whenever we spoke to each other and they were like corridor chats or sitting in the canteen he would be coaching me but I just didn't realize I thought he was just being inquisitive yeah I thought he was yeah. just being genuine I mean and I think that's the beauty of coaching is actually when it really is genuinely being administered to support the other person you feel cared for so yeah. you, you feel looked after and nurtured and someone's interested yeah. in you like they're seeing you if that makes sense and I remember at this particular time the intervention came um at a point when I was feeling particularly low in my career and very isolated and quite lost and so its impact was even stronger because I really felt as though I was, um, yeah, receiving support. But he literally would just sit me down and ask me a couple of questions. And then literally I'd walk away feeling re-energized and a little bit clearer. But as I said, I had no idea that he was coaching me until I actually sought professional coaching help and had coaching from a professional coach outside of the organization um, and realized how incredibly powerful it was and decided that's what I would like to do myself. I'd like to train to be a coach. Yeah. But it was, I remember being in those coaching sessions with my professional coach and being like, 
oh my god <laughs> this is what he's been doing and I did not know like this I get it of mine I was just like oh, <laughs> penny drop I was like I was like oh my god I didn't realize I just thought he was brilliant I mean he was brilliant but I didn't realize he also had like this magical skill that he'd learned yeah I think I'd make quite a this is, this is a, quite a sweeping statement again I'll be interested in what you what you think about it but it, it draws out I think what Lisa's just said so I, I would say that if you are if you are an excellent leader, sorry, if all of our excellent leaders are all, are invariably very good coaches, and that's because they're emotionally intelligent. Mm, yes. And that, so, I, so, and note, I didn't say all of our leaders. I said all of our excellent leaders, and not all <laughs> yeah. our leaders are excellent. But the ones that, the ones that are excellent are emotionally intelligent, and because mm. of that, they're good coaches. They're naturally good. They're good coaches, mm. and that's because, and they do the things that you've just described, Lisa. I think mm. they they can they can they're inquisitive. They've got time. They draw things out out of you. They don't give you the answer, do they? They draw things out of you, and then they and then they provide the challenge and the support. Mm. And the other thing I would say is that it's HR director with my professional coach in an HR leadership position, and I had a leadership coach for for my leadership stuff, and both and both of them actually. Uh, you know, used an approach where they wanted to talk about um, a situation of my choice, which I'd experienced over the last days or weeks or whatever it was. And that could be a good or a bad situation, but something which had happened. And we just talked through it, why it went well, why it went badly, what I might have done differently. And I think if if you can couch it in just real life, um, that makes a world of difference as well to the effectiveness of the conversation. Yeah. I agree because I know as well like I've put on my um like LinkedIn re- um recently quite controversially because I am obviously a trained coach but um I think Lisa you you will probably have the same view but when you're coaching somebody and you ask them what their goal is a lot of people can't answer that question because it's too abstract it's too far away it's not tangible enough it's not real life enough for them right there and then in that moment um, and that's because I think when you reframe the question, so you might reframe it as in like, what's your ideal outcome from our time together today? Mm. That brings it into the present day and that makes it more real and they can bring in real life situations, real life experiences, problems that they might want to talk through and, you know, pick apart and, and think about how they're going to solve and move forward with. Um, so I think you're right actually that you know when you have a coach um hopefully a really good coach which sounded like you did in that experience where you can bring real life true examples which are important to you or are impacting you and you can explore them in a safe and knowledgeable and positive environment the impact of that is just huge like and I think it's hard unless you've been through it and you've experienced it yourself sometimes it's hard to demonstrate what the benefits of that can be yeah absolutely absolutely so what's been your experience of I suppose a coaching culture as a leader um well I might talk a little bit about why why we did it I guess and how we did it that yeah that might sort of help that answer some of that um and and there's two parts to the why i think in my in my personal experience anyway so we as an organization so 15 to 20 years ago we didn't have a coaching uh, a coaching culture in 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 my organization unquestionably we didn't Um, and i worked at a place where technology was really at the heart of the organization and as we all know technology changes really quickly Mm. Um, and as we got more and more into the internet age, the organisation had to reinvent itself, not once, but, you know, every few years. And that's a massive leadership challenge uh, to do that on a sort of continuing basis. Um, and re- that sort of reinvention meant that we needed to keep developing our, our leadership cadre of, of people. Um, so it, for us, we had a, I guess what I'm saying there is we had a strategic driver, really. You know, we had a we had a big strategic driver that meant that we we had to develop the leadership uh, within the organisation, and one of the ways that we that we set out to do that was by using coaching. Okay. So so that's so that's one of one of the reasons why I think I for me and we talked about this already actually um, a little bit. 
there's but there's more general reasons for why as well i think you don't necessarily need a strategic driver as guess is, is what i'm saying and i think about it uh in this way you know if you're a if you're a good manager or a good leader or if you want to embrace diversity for example as as well you know there are good moral reasons for doing for doing those things you want to do the right thing you know you want to do the right thing for the people that work for you um and you know you want to develop people and all of those are the right good and proper reasons for doing effective coaching in this in this context but actually also as we've talked about already good management good leadership effective coaching will make your business better yeah. and we shouldn't forget that it's not just about developing people for developing people's sake it's actually about improving your business outcomes as well you know and if if there's if there's people out there with small or medium sized businesses or are wondering about whether to invest in coaching i would say well a you must look upon it as an investment not a cost and secondly just remember that it it should if it's done properly it will improve your business outcomes i think almost in almost inevitably mm. so that, that's how i would encapsulate the the why probably but we had a we had a particular journey in terms of the of the how the way we went about it um was that uh we started with our our most senior people our most senior leaders so we started with the board the board uh had uh coaches external highly competent external uh coaches executive coaches they each had one each member of the board had a coach um they were said they were externally appointed um and then we set out to do if you got promoted to a senior position then it was then part of your contract that you would have a coach and you would have mm. and you would have coaching time mm. oh, uh, okay uh so it's quite a commitment and quite an investment uh, for us but over time starting with that over time that resulted us in having quite a different makeup of leadership uh, you know we had leaders then who were who were more positive about change they were more creative they were more confident they took more risks and most importantly they recognized for themselves the importance of coaching so they wanted to become coaches themselves mm. for example mm. so you so you, you build we built it from the top down i'm not saying that's the right answer for everybody but that's what we did we built it from the top down and we gradually built over years we built that coaching culture from the from the top down um so that that's how we that's how we went about it in, in the organization where i was that's how we built capability yeah so in terms of that that shift change what did it actually feel like and what did it look like because i think when we talk about culture again this can be a bit intangible too yeah um it's quite a, it feels like a really like solid word that everyone goes yeah i know yeah. what that means and i know what that is but i i don't know if we do and so i think it'd be really helpful uh, from your experience martin because you you've obviously gone through this incredible transition to go from not having coaching present in your organization to actually bringing it in and and really driving it top down so what did that then start to look and feel like in respect of how it transformed your what the work environment and the culture that was within it yeah it's a really it's a really good question and and like you i mean you know we used to have endless discussions about cultural change in what in the organization what does that mean you know we got <laughs> yeah. so i so i sort of i do i do get that i think it's really how did it it, it felt different because and and i wouldn't well i wouldn't say i don't want to paint too rosy a picture about it i guess because it's really difficult to get well i've described running throughout the whole organization but i think i think it it certainly moved and it certainly improved over time i think i would describe it as being um much more supportive i think there was much less blame associated with people so you you could make mistakes and the the time spent on make there thereafter was much more about um how do we learn from that as individuals and as an organization um than than previously mm. uh that didn't mean people weren't held to account because we were I certainly felt as I was held to account on 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 occasions 
but you you do that in such a way as to continue to develop people and that's that's quite that is quite a shift change actually when mm. I stop and think about it yeah. from uh, from where we were previously mm. Yeah, absolutely. To go from maybe what was previously, if I don't know if I'm right, if I from what I've I've heard that you you say, and I apologise if I I misunderstood, but moving away from that, like blaming and trying to seek the well, why did this happen, and and then focus too much in the yeah in the event itself rather than as you know yeah. you then describe the coaching um, enabled people to start moving much more into the it's happened. So what do we do about that? And how do we learn from it? And how do we move yeah. forwards? Um, and, and I think, you know, talking about the accountability piece, I, I think that is a huge benefit of coaching. Mm. And I think when you, when individuals are experiencing coaching and being taken on that coaching um, journey, one of the most incredibly impactful outputs of that is the accountability that grows from it because as an individual it's 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 very much a method to have you question well what can I do and and what decisions am I going to make and what actions will I take to to move that forward and 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 implement that and it all very much becomes about you and what you're going to do which you know tied to the the right sort of fitting motivating goals that is a very energizing experience it's you know it's very empowering and absolutely will drive that much more efficient effectiveness around individuals everyone playing a part taking on responsibility uh, which I can't see why any organization would not want um because you want every individual individual to be contributing of course you do yeah yeah and the aggregation of that mm. is a is a better performing organization yeah and, and I think as well oh, sorry, it, it, oh no I was just gonna say I think as well from from what you've said there like in summary I think as well it it, it changes the focus to be forward focused so future focused mm-hmm. um because you're not dwelling or you're not spending a huge amount of time looking backwards at you know what did what went wrong where is there you know blame accountable where you know it, it's it, you do that, but you do it more from a reflective perspective about what you've learned mm-hmm. and how you move that into the future. And I yeah. think that shift is how, you know, to your point, is how it then kind of aggregates up into becoming a culture that feels different because you're all of a sudden looking everybody ideally is more looking future focused and forward and in a more positive way than kind of living a little bit still in in what has happened before Mm. well I think that's very true isn't it of the I said just now about uh my own experience of coaching being coached Mm. was that you know both of my coaches wanted to talk about uh real life events and those could be good or bad so it yeah. wasn't it wasn't just about that went terrible. What how the hell do we get so that didn't happen again? It could be something which went really well. Because you still learn from those things as well. You can you can learn from both those situations. Mm. So so it you know, you, you draw the you draw the learning points out of positive and negative circumstances mm. if it's done if it's done well and properly. Yeah. So I know that um when you were obviously kind of on this um, I'm going to use a bullshit bingo. When you were don't on this journey. journey, I've said journey on this already. Journey. Oh, <laughs> I, think, I don't think it's a bullshit bingo. This one, I'm going to say this only because I use it so often. I use it all the time. Every time I say it, I can see your eyebrows. These are going. She said journey. She's, um, she's thinking my dad ate that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I need to check myself for journeys, but I'm going to use it. Um, I can't think of an alternative word, if I'm honest. Um, so when you were on this conquest to uh, <laughs> implement um, more of a coaching approach in the organisation, I know you, um, as, as a kind of leadership team, in, um, implemented a really interesting coaching initiative, which um, I certainly hadn't heard uh, about before. And I know it had kind of varied levels of success, but that was where um, more junior people in, in the department um, actually went and coached um, more senior level colleagues. Mm. Tell us a little bit about, about that and um, your experience of, of, of that initiative. Okay. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big thing that we did, but it's something we did try. Uh, yeah. the, the context 
to it was um, was that we had um, we had an external company that were providing executive coaching mainly, but as part of that development program, we developed some of our own internal coaches and who qualified like you two um, and did you know did all the external qualifications and had a lot of um, began to accumulate experience externally as coaches as well. But then we we drew them back in yeah. um, and used them as coaches internally. And yeah, they did. We did try uh, a situation where we uh, had them as coaches to more senior people, and it it had mixed success. And I I think it probably was mixed um, because well, probably a couple of reasons actually. It is quite difficult. You know, at the end of the day, it's quite difficult to because the senior people are they're in positions taking decisions, some of which are sensitive. Um, some of which might affect colleagues of the people that are that are coaching them, so they could you know, they could end up feeling a bit of res- a bit of reserve about, about yeah. some of that. Um, some of them, I'll be to be frank, um, just didn't like it because the people were junior. Um, they um, didn't give them the same sort of level of credibility as some of the external coaches. Um, so that that it, it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy thing, and I don't think we did it for very long, actually. Uh, not in those not in those terms, anyway. Um, so it, it it was tricky. I'm interested in what 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 you see. My own my own view on it is that um, these were professionally qualified people who still brought a different perspective to the people being coached. Um, they still were able to see things differently from the people being coached. They were still able to challenge them. We were still able to support them. They were still able to listen to them and 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 tr- try and provide some context for what, for what they were going through. Um, so I think it's it probably it probably could have been more successful than it was. But it comes back to where we really started the conversation. I think that people need to be receptive to the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For it to for it to <laughs> take hold. And I don't. Yeah. In the majority of cases, they probably weren't. And I think for some understandable reasons, to be honest, some yeah. sort of understandable. Because what was the uh, logic behind the initiative? The logic behind it, well, we wanted to build our own capability mm-hmm. uh, because we wanted to start using uh, internal uh, coaches to, to develop our own coaches. So as we, as we came down the organisation trying to create the coaching culture, we need more. We needed more and more people, mm-hmm. uh, and we couldn't afford to spend uh, to send everybody out to be professionally qualified. So mm-hmm. we used some of our own internal people to train our own coaches. Mm-hmm. That was that was the sort of logic behind it. Uh, and as I guess it's a bit of an experiment. We tried. We thought we'd try the upward mm-hmm. yeah. coaching thing. Yeah. I think it's a really Mixed. interesting uh, example of a test and learn mm-hmm. within a, a coaching. Um, environment so I know because I know like we've spoken a, a bit about it before um dad and like um it, it definitely kind of struck it struck a chord with me from a curiosity perspective because I've never exp- I've worked in a big organization I've never seen that being done I've never mm. heard of it coming the other way rather normally you, you find more senior people kind of coaching um you know slightly more junior level uh, employees um so I actually think it's really interesting in itself around um flipping it and mm. and thinking about um you know the the benefit and I think as a as an intervention purely looking at it formulaically I think it's one that probably has got a lot of potential but I think you're right in what you said the environment and probably individuals perception of the fact that I'm going to probably have to be vulnerable here I'm probably going to have to be honest and truthful and it's hard because I've got I'm going to have to do that to people who you know are uh, working in my team or working in my department and I'm going to open myself up to them and I can see how those dynamics you know might come into play and then affect the impact that that intervention might have but I think it's actually quite a groundbreaking um kind of idea on its own and I think in the right environment it could work really really well um, so I, I, I think, found it really interesting I think conceptually it's yeah it's perfectly doable practically yeah it's very difficult yeah, yeah. 
It's really yeah. interesting. I think it's. I think the challenge in all of that is is the hierarchy, yeah. isn't it? Which you know. I mean, I've worked in very hierarchical businesses before where I know that this approach would just never work. I love it, but it just would yeah. never work yeah. um, on the grounds that actually when I first started training to be a coach, I was met with challenge from senior directors around why I was doing it. And, you know, they, mm. e- even I wasn't even coaching them. I was re- I was training myself and funding it to support my my growth as an individual and to give more to the organisation and more to the people I was leading. And yes. yet, there were still directors in my organisation who were threatened by the fact that I was doing it, which was mm. it was such a bizarre experience at the time. Mm. That, that was what I was met with. Um, for wanting to invest in my growth and development and, and being yeah. quite happy to do that without asking them for any support. I mean, yeah. it was a bit odd, but it probably tells you all you need to know about them. Um, <laughs> but I think fair play for giving it a shot. Yeah, fair yeah. Play. It's a mindset thing, isn't it, as well then, which we've talked about already, you know, yeah. is, is, it, is the individual in the organisation actually ready for that, for that sort of approach? Mm. And maybe we weren't quite at that point, I don't know yeah mindset's really important in all that. oh yeah definitely so were there any um in your experience then of, of trying to you know implement this coaching culture <laughs> make it become part of your everyday um were there any drawbacks in doing that in your experience um I can't think of any drawbacks particularly I mean we met I think we probably we met some resistance okay to it i mean not everybody got him again we're talking we're, we're circling the same thing here really you know you you've got to have people and and organization that's receptive to the idea of it i think that was probably what we what we fought most but i think doing it the way we did it in the circumstances we were in so for example saying that if you reached a certain position then you will have coaching yeah Otherwise, you don't get to that position. Then mm. you gradually, over time, begin to begin to overcome that. Come that. So that that buy-in then that this approach is really significant. It can really positively impact both the individual and business performance and outcomes, mm. like you were talking about before. How did you build that buy-in? Was was that from a senior level because actually it was contractual? Um, and it was part of the deal around if you got promoted, this is if this is it. So you you sign up for this, and this is how it is. Or was there anything more that you guys did around helping kind of create this buy-in from others that this is the right thing to be doing? Well, I think I think the buy-in came over time because people began to see the benefit of it. Okay, both individually and organisationally. So once we had that cadre of people who were who were bought into it because they they benefited from it themselves and you know 90% of them accepted that they did benefit they did benefit from it then you began to see the the benefits organizationally of that so I think that's what it, it grew organically really yeah uh, as, a, as a consequence of that would you say it was an intervention that was offered to everyone, either formally or informally. So it was inclusive in the way that it was used in the organisation. Um, the um, the broader development program was was organisation. Um, the coaching piece of it, I think, wasn't, uh, but it did again organically really begin to permeate the whole organisation um over time and i'm talking about years really yeah um but um yeah i think i think i think that was the way i would describe it we didn't have a formal program or a formal coaching culture which which we intended to embrace the whole organization uh, but i think it reached many parts of the organization mm. uh, just just through the fact that people began to realize what the benefits were yeah mm. and then they start role modeling it don't they like line yeah. managers you know think oh actually this is the way I've been managed in the past and and you know again they might not know they've been coached yeah. but actually this style really worked for me and then as they get promoted or you know move yeah. into different roles I think actually I'm gonna look at how I can do that in my own management style yeah. and leadership style the better ones did I, I, I again we go back to that 
the ones that are emotionally intelligent, the ones yeah. that the ones that were good managers anyway, good leaders anyway, uh, they recognised that and they they role modelled it. Uh, yeah. That was that wasn't all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If only every leader yeah. would be emotionally intelligent, yeah. our Lisa, our purpose would be achieved in yeah. life. Quite, quite. But hell, that's what makes this all interesting anyway. We're not all the exactly. same. Exactly. It'd be boring if we all were. Exactly. That's for sure. That's for sure. Can I tell you my golfing analogy on this? You can you can use this or cut it. It's up to you. But <laughs> it's a bit abstract. It, but it's sort of relevant to this Go part of it, I think. Do so it. I'm a golfer, and all of the all of the modern day professional com- um, competition golfers have a coach. All of them. But without exception, if you go back 30 years, then none of them had a coach and they were just beginning to get introduced. And Lee Trevino, who was a top golfer 30 years ago, was heard to say that I'll employ a coach when I can find one that can beat me at golf. So so his his mindset was completely closed to the idea that somebody else (laughs) can't do what he does as well as him uh, can see things that he can't see challenge him to try things which he's never tried before and then and then support him when as he tries those different things it's the same concept it's the same principle as as we as we talked about already and that as a goal that that made quite an impression on me because i because you can transfer that to the to the workplace mm. uh, and you know if you can get your own head into that sort of situation i think coaching can make a hell of a difference to to anybody whatever industry or or uh, profession that you're in agreed i love that i've never heard that before well obviously oh. until you told me it last week but yeah. <laughs> prior to that i was like yeah you know that's a, it's a that's a very powerful anecdote around the benefit of being open to coaching mm. for sure amazing um Okay, Lisa, have you got any more questions? No. Uh, last question then from me. So um, what would be your three hints and tips yeah. for anyone who is wanting to build a coaching culture in their team or organisation? They would be, to summarise some things we've said already, I think, they would be to view coaching as a means of improving your business outcomes, to coach as part of your everyday interactions, and finally, I've got to say, um, to listen, to support, to challenge, and to listen some more. <laughs> listen, support, challenge, and listen some more. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. I like the emphasis on listening. Yeah, I love that. Um, and like you said, keep it real and keep it really real. Keep it really real. It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which make us cringe. Today's Bullshit Bingo is from Adele, who gave us this as a reply to our shout out for Bullshit Bingos in one of our recent Instagram posts. And it is, let's kick the can down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Suze, what are your thoughts on this one? I love this one. Um... I've never actually heard this. No, I haven't either. At work. Let's um, kick the can <laughs> down the road. What does it mean? Do you I know? don't know. I haven't got a clue. Did Adele not give any context? No, it was it was just kind mm. of like this one. So Adele, if you're listening, can you um Instagram us or send us an email? Because we'd love to know what this actually means. Because it's a it's brilliant as a kick sentence. I mean, I literally I can't I literally can't imagine how this even features in a work conversation. My guess is I think it's about like making progress on something. So oh, like, right. not take the, the rubbish road, out. No. Like making progress with something. That's my interpretation. It could also be like, <gasps> can you take the rubbish out? No, there's something um, I thought it meant like, you know, kick the can down the road as in like, let's get rid of this. As in like, let's throw this idea out the window. No good. Let's move on. No. Interesting. interesting I don't know mm. but um I have to say again if I'd heard this being used in the workplace I'd literally would have just kind of burst out laughing because it's hilarious I mean in what context would you use this sentence like I can't think of any let's kick the can down the road 
No. I'm that is to. like a normal setting, is a normal context that you'd use in a normal, straightforward, non-bullshit bingo, corporate, mumbo-jumbo-based conversation. There is none. No, I'm so lost. This Adele, is you need brilliant. to help us out here. We really need a bit more information. But we love it. It's we love it anyway. Great. Because it's so ridiculous. It's yeah. So ridiculous. We, the more ridiculous they are, the better. better. The more we yeah. love them. So get Absolutely. those ridiculous bullshit bingos on email to us or Instagram message us because we genuinely love receiving them. So please, please, please send us more bullshit bingos. We are coming to the end of today's episode where we've been speaking with Martin about building a coaching culture. Our tips from today for you to try from our conversation with Martin. View coaching as a means to improve business outcomes is number one. Uh, Number two, coach in everyday interactions. Make it part of the conversation. And number three, which is my favourite from Martin, listen, support, challenge and listen some more. Yeah. And what else did he say? Keep it real. Keep, keep it real. It really real, people. Oh, that's it. I like that. Keep it real. Keep it really real. Yeah. Yes. Good on Martin. Thanks, Martin. <clears throat> so also try asking yourself um, the following questions this week. And also you can use these to practice with yourselves, but also with others. So number one, what do you think you do to enhance and empower others at work? Number two, when do you get the best out of others? And number three, What changes can you make to positively enhance your relationships with those you manage and also your colleagues and peers? We hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or on Instagram at thecoachingcast. Your support means everything. Therefore, if you like what you've heard, then give us a follow on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. Leave us a review on Apple and Google Podcasts. And most importantly, subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen and also on YouTube by searching The Coaching Cast. Our episode next week also features a guest. We're being joined by Rob Stevenson, who is the um, incredibly inspirational CEO of Formscore and founder of the Inside Out Leaderboard. He is a keynote speaker, a mental health campaigner, and also recently did his first TED Talk. He is an incredible advocate for well-being and mental health, and we are super excited to be talking to him around the whole topic of creating a well-being workplace. So excited for that episode and for talking uh, to Rob. We both love music and use it to motivate and energize us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next Zoom or Teams meeting. It's my choice this week and I have chosen More Than Love by Andy Moore, Somna and Limney. So uh, have a look it up and have a listen. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. And remember, you've got this.